0: Welcome to our creative Poison audience. Today we are in the presence of a true master of cinema, Mr. Michael Apted. Thank you so very much for being here with us, it is such an honor. Thank
1: you.
0: Uh, I am personally Star Trek right now as I have been passionate of your work, you know, since Call Miner's Daughter with Oscar Williams C.C. Spacek, Gorillaz in the Mist with Sigourney Weaver, Gorky Park, Amazing Grace, and I have to address now, with Jodie Foster, a movie that has such a mystical impact on me. Because when I was a kid, I remember recording it still with an old-fashioned uh, cassette player and watching it over and over again. Uh, so, but before asking you to explore also a little bit of your movie career, today we are here to talk about your work as a documentarian and the groundbreaking up series through which you have been followed and chronicled the lives of 12 British people Interviewing them since they were seven years old and coming back to check in with them every seven years So today your characters turn 63 with this new uh, release So my question would be how was this journey and how did you find your characters changed in adapting to the world We live in today
1: Well, it um, It started When I was <coughs> at Granada, Manchester and someone had the idea of, let's make a film about seven-year-old kids. There was a Canadian documentarian there, and you know, he didn't know much about uh, Great Britain or whatever, mm-hmm. and so he and I got quite friendly, although I was like 22 and he was 40, 50, something like that. So between us, we, we did it, i.e. we chose few people uh, uh, like that, and made the film, and it caused an uproar, Mm -hmm. a a good uproar, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was, no one had ever really done that before, and it was breathtaking when you just see these children. But anyway, so that was that. And then uh, Paul went back to Canada to do other bigger things, and... I carried on, and suddenly, about five years after we had done this, I got a summons from the, you know, from the people who were running around and said, why don't we go back and see these people? Mm-hmm. And I said, so, oh, I said yes. Um, so I we said, well, let's do it for, for, for you know, two more years. Let's do it. And so we did it. And I knew that, when I was doing it, that it was, to, it was a great idea. Now, we hadn't chosen the kids that uh, carefully when we were doing the original one, because there was only going to be one film about that. Well, I said to them, look, uh, I want to be clear with you, is that if we continue with this, mm-hmm. I want to do it, do it all, forever. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, "Sure, okay." So, although I was only in my twenties, I, I, I agreed. You know, they agreed that I could do it whenever they did it. You know, right. only seven years, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, sixty-three years uh, later. later. Yeah,
1: right. I, I, you know, I, I've done. I suppose we've been in America most of these years, but so I always come back and and do it because from the beginning, once I saw. Seven up, Right. Yeah. You thought, "Oh my God, this is a great idea." It is
0: a really great idea, and it was a yeah. yeah. perfect
1: time to do it because there was so much change going on in Great Britain and yeah. blah blah right. blah, right. and all that sort of stuff. And so there you were, and I did um, the next one, which was what, what fourteen up? Mm-hmm. We, you know, just I came back and did it, and we made it, and, and then. Sure enough, every seven years back I came, and it seemed to be working.
0: Yeah. It seemed to be working. So, how was it different this experience, this moment in time, for you as a director and your characters?
1: Well, I mean, I sort of had to choose between being a drama director and a documentary director when well, I joined Granada in a way. But I was very, very interested in documentaries, as well as doing, you know movies uh, dr- and yeah, big dramatic dramatic uh, movie fiction uh, yeah. yeah and then so I, after i'd done the second one uh, 14 up by that time i was establishing myself as a drama director and i remember when i rang them up after i was one week into episode two if we do this again i want to do it promise me i'll do it <laughs> 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 and also you know i i i will want to do it come uh, wherever i am i'm going to come back to do it that is my promise to you for mm-hmm. the rest of my working life, you life. and i've done it <laughs>
2: <laughs> Done it yes and this uh, is a big promise yeah anyway
1: so 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 that was how it started and awesome. i kept my word and the thing was an immediate success because it was a brilliant idea which people were were ahead of. When they sort of chose to, to, just decided to do it, I mean, to do to, to see the first one and then stop it, it was madness by right. any of them, all of us. Thank God someone <laughs> said, "Wait a minute, let's <laughs> keep on going." Why, why don't we do it again yeah, with yeah, the same yeah. people? Mm-hmm so it was it was all it was mm-hmm. always incredibly successful at every yeah. stage because it was exactly the right time you know the war had finished in great britain and, and all this sort of yeah. stuff and politics was changing and a lot yeah. a lot and all that sort of stuff and you know it was just rich with stuff class was changing right, right. the work the working class was steadying through the working class, the working British working were, class, mm-hmm. British working class were sort of beginning to get a sense of what they had deserved, or whatever. Right. You could see that the whole thing, the whole the, Britain, particularly at that point, you know, was changing radically. All the kind of simple work had been done, i.e., people were beginning to do films about the working class were doing books and all this sort of stuff. This was at exactly the same time that we started. Mm-hmm. That whole thing started. So you were caught up in a, yeah. in a, in a great yeah. thing. And our thing was so important because it spoke to the people. You yes. know, all these different things that were going off at universities and all that. Sure. This, you know, it, it was, a, I don't know, it was an hour and a half television, which is quite a lot, and it was a gigantic success. Yes. <laughs> we were kind of gobsmacked, right? mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. you could see um, how it was. So, so from that moment on, there was nothing that they could do. I mean, I had to do every one. We had to do it, yeah.
2: yeah. And now that we have explored uh, the context and all the changes that happened during all these years, I actually have a question about uh, the people uh, who are part of the documentary. So the premise of uh, the series is the Jesuit saying, uh, um, give me the child until he is seven and I will give you the man. So asking this question to your characters today, um, do you think that they actually preserved the inner child uh, with the hopes uh, and the uh, dreams and um, can you can you still see that child in them or well, I, I think it's
1: more complicated now <laughs> because you know people because the, the we're not kind of embarrassed by our grow the way we grow up and yeah. all that sort of stuff but, I mean the, this these films in some way opened up people's past so they would think yes. watch this and think well what was I doing when I was 25 <laughs> 28 or something like that. So, you know, uh, maybe I'm exaggerating, but these people were the stars of this show and they were clearly not trained, clearly, you know, had jobs which, you know, 90% of the time they did their jobs and then they'd come in and did this. So, you know, it wasn't just an idea, it was actually happening. You could see these people who clearly had never done anything like this Mm -hmm. before were able to present their lives and the whole thing because it was simple the, the, the concept or the, that it could become complicated if you wanted it to but the, but the, um, the underbelly of it all was simple and you know the, the, uh, because of that it really did get into the heart of Gre- the british television viewers as it yeah.
0: were so what about like uh, since you're reflecting on you know these characters and look, looking through their lives since they were seven years old, did you uh, spend time also reflect, reflecting on yourself, like from when you were a kid at seven years old? And
1: I, I don't think so. Not to be honest, not that early. Because mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense, there was me, I'd just been at the Cambridge and blah blah blah, and I'd done you know when I started, I'd done Coronation Street and all that, and I was doing things. So, but I mean i wasn't stupid and you could see because i'd had not not as, as spectacular as the beginning because i had a very middle class home um, you know, I had, mm. yeah. um we had no money as such uh, my father was uh worked at uh, for, uh, for the fire I, I don't mean i mean fire insurance not a big hat on <laughs> 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 So I mean he, well, he, I mean he was an educated man, but you know he was in, in that side of fire insurance, all <laughs> yeah. those very important things that you all have to think about. Yeah. You know I'd been to a great university and all that sort of stuff and not many people went to those mm-hmm. two universities. and of course then from then on things opened out and like that. So I knew I'd had a sort of unique education, education. Um, which got less and less unique as time goes on you know as as other universities uh, pick, you pick themselves up on all that sort of stuff so i did always think and i suppose i still do that you know, i was very very lucky very to lucky. go there mm-hmm. um, i mean when you think of the people um, you know who were the same years as me that was just amazing i mean you know, Trevor Long, John Cleese, hundreds of us were all there, all, uh, all at Oxbridge, mm-hmm. you know, they, we were being pushed by yeah. our schools if we had an interest in entertainment and the BBC was, ha- was opening up again, beginning to employ people like us, not maybe technicians and stuff like that. The whole thing, the whole thing with you know, the the variations of of opportunities was getting much, much bigger than it had ever been before. Mm -hmm. And me and my generation, you know, who was, I was, well, I I was born in 1941, um, you know, we're we're getting much better deals and we were being treated much better than, like, if you were saying to take us five years before that, when you went in the BBC, it it was kind of very posh. And Because I was from Ilford and places like that, <laughs> you know, they would sort of turn my, their nose up at me. But within those few years, when we were at university and then getting places at, at, at university, life was changing rapidly. The society, and, yeah, yeah. We had, an, yeah. A, you know, I mean, it was still what was an unfair society by any means, but but, but nonetheless, it was more, much more open
0: much more open
1: than it had ever been ever been and this was the beginning of it and my generation you know was a fortunate recipient of this you know because you had you know you had come from ilford as i did or something like that didn't mean necessarily that you couldn't possibly go to cambridge right they were forced to look at a bit more Oh, you went to a very good school. You know, I went to school, at the City of London School, which was breathtaking place to be. Yeah. so I can just imagine breathtaking.
2: Yes. Going back now, also to your characters, I mean, you basically grew up with them somehow. yes and um, so, and unfortunately, you also experienced uh, um, the loss of one of them, and yeah. uh, and uh, and and one unfortunately has. Is yeah. fighting uh, yeah. against cancer. So how um, did you did you experience all of that? How all of this is, uh, uh, I mean, affecting you also? Yeah. Working with them and being with them for all these years.
1: Well, there was a tremendous amount of luck uh, with it, and also a bit of foreseeing it on, uh, on my part. That when you could see. The people i was at university with and my, and my generation and all that and who had <laughs> seven year old brothers and stuff like that yeah. you knew that you know that kind of switch was going on the middle class were you know going to new places in, in university and uh, and like that you could see it changing it took some time to change and it probably still hasn't changed enough and this is god knows how 50 odd years of on, It's still not what you want, mm. frankly, without being cute
0: about it. <laughs> Since we explored uh, the documentary, um, let's go uh, asking you a little bit of your, your movie career as yes. well, because that's yeah. something that we wanted to sh- share with our audience. So, um, yeah. Daniela wanted to yeah. ask you a few questions yes. about it. Yes. And then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So um, when you uh, when you work in movies like uh, the Coal Miner's Daughter or uh, James Bond and uh, yeah the world is not enough and then the Chronicles of Narnia, so how uh, being you linking your um, documentarian point of view uh, to the world of cinema, how does your eye changes um, if? something changes actually when uh, when you tell these different kind of stories compared Mm. to documentaries
1: I mean I I was always whatever the whatever level I was doing anything I was always looking for a love story a romantic love story that doesn't mean people were kissing or jumping into bed
2: but I really like what you're saying a lot it's very interesting
1: Uh, and, and you know when I did the bonds or whatever. You know, I knew I, I, I knew I needed a good woman who could act with him and yes. stuff like that. I've always looked for a relationship. It doesn't have to be a man and a woman. It could be a man and a boy. It could yeah. be anything. But unless I've got a, 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 a thing to handle, then I don't know what I'm doing. If If I, if I can't create a relationship between say I don't know you know a small boy and an older man and all this then I know what I can do then I can move the movie along not just on its narrative but on its emotion now I don't know how I ever thought of that but I mean I didn't even think about it it was just completely native to what I was what I read what my mother ripped to me and all that kind of stuff i was always interested in relationships yes well, not sexuality particularly that came later but that's what and the way i cast things and the way i, I just went after things it was that, that i had to have a central place where to go from even if it was not a love story or anything like that yeah. but there was but the human relationship, relationships yes
0: yeah. well that's wonderful and actually um You've been mentioning um, that you your point of view comes from a place of interest about about love and relationships. And actually, uh, the movies that uh, of yours that uh, made a, uh, an impact on me the most uh, were called "Minus Daughter" and "Gorillas in the Mist" and "Nail," as I mentioned before. And these three characters, these three amazing actresses, yeah. they lose completely themselves into these characters. And I was thinking, uh, you know, to uh, link. Your eye as a documentarian, also as a storyteller in in fiction. Yeah. I think like there's an unrealistic and like stalking of truth and reality that you do uh, also in in drama. So can you elaborate a little bit on, on this?
1: Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, r- when I start working with a writer on it, I mean this this is the kind of conversation that we have. You know that that I want to go as as deep as I can, whatever it is, whether whatever the film is mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. there has to be other levels other than you know action stuff or whatever so right bond right. has to have a kind of action yeah you because know, it gives the actors also a kind of you know something to aim for or something that i want you, i think you have to have an emotion in anything you do and sometimes people don't think about that when they're doing a thriller you know and it might might be completely irrelevant nonetheless it engages the audience engages the romantic part of the audience or the sad part of an audience or what, whatever and unless I can get that, it's very hard for me because I'm, to be honest, not that interested in um, action you know, we, we do, I know we have to do it and it's right. fun but right. I don't... Intimacy,
0: yeah. intimate emotions um, yeah. but you know,
1: other people can do action things and all that sort of stuff but I just want to give the characters a ba- a, an emotional bed, as it yeah. were sure. so well, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. even if it's a silly yeah. comedy or something like that then I'm comfortable and I can speak to them as <laughs> human beings <laughs> as, as human also. beings Yeah.
0: thank you so very much, Michael Hatzell, for your time and for sharing your testimony on movies, life and we'll see you in seven years for the next, for the next don't count on it I hope you will be here in seven years yes thank
2: you. but before we close we have Please. a favor to ask of we course. always close our our uh, episodes we're saying ready, set, imagine which it's is our tagline yeah. can you say it with us? yeah perfect so one, one two, two, three ready, ready set, imagine. Imagine. imagine thank you thank you, thank you, thank you